Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine <laughs> or whatever's Chat. nearby. <laughs> Chat true crime and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. happening. COVID 19, <laughs> it's the worst thing. And I hate it. I hate COVID 19. I hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. It's no hate teenage it. dream. It's no, no, not even close. It's no teenage dream. I Fuck don't want to Okay. <laughs> All right. This week we have a very special gals pick. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by the current situation. Specific mm-hmm. to the war- global environment. Pretty the global much. experience right mm-hmm. now at the moment. And the topic is... Cabin fever crimes. Uh-huh. And we all have it. This is We uh-huh. all have it. This is a fun one. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's life. It's real. My husband is a Virgo. Mm. <laughs> so is oh, mine, no. though. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, but yours expresses himself through like meticulously curing meats yep. that you then get to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And yours just does push-ups. Oh, Mine God. just does an insane number of push-ups. There is a lot of like the men in our lives just pacing like caged tigers. Cool oh, cats yeah. and kittens. Mm-hmm. 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 Oof. mm-hmm. Also, Carol Baskin definitely killed her first husband. Absolutely. Anyway. But I kind Big of love time. her for it. Oh. Yeah. It I'm was into deserved. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy sucked. Yeah. yeah. And her third husband is so perfect for her. I mean, he's uh, a nightmare. Yeah. But they seem so happy together. I know. I kind of don't hate it. No, yeah, more power to her. I'm team Carol. Feed your cheating rat bastard millionaire husband to a tiger. Do you? Right? It was like basically a pedophile. Tank. If you can get away yeah. with it, and he was an asshole, mm-hmm. and you're feeding yeah. a tiger. You're do you're part of the circle of it's life. It's a win-win. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's win win big lose yeah <laughs> which is one of the best equations mm-hmm. but also everything is dust who the fuck cares who the fuck cares yeah. I am yeah. slugging my wine I've gotten a head mm-hmm. start just so you know nothing Good. nothing really matters nope okay before we get into it we have a couple of quick butt plugs Amanda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about your Instagram Live campaign. Yes. So every day at noon central, I appear. <laughs> like a blue-haired visage. Like, like a vision, like a fever dream in your Instagram feed. Yeah. Uh, I hop on Instagram Live every day at noon central to read a chapter of Animorphs. We have been working on book one, The Invasion. Mm-hmm. And each day we feature a different COVID-adjacent fund, charitable fund, 
to support. So it's super fun. You just pop over to my Amanda007 Instagram account at noon daily and uh, hear some fun Animorphs and some fun banter. And if you have a few pennies to spare, we feature a charity and you, you send a little love their way. If you don't, just enjoy it. It's something fun to tune into. You can mm-hmm. always Noon share Central. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Noon Central, mm-hmm. baby. I have huh. been blessed with co-hosting three of these live mm-hmm. readings, and I fucking love them. It's they're so really fun. fun, and these books are terrible. Oh, they're awful. And the chapters are minuscule. I was laughing earlier, like, the longest chapter we've read was maybe six pages. So you don't have to endure much. These readings are, like, 15 minutes long. (laughs) You can hide from your children and watch while sitting on the toilet. 100%. It's, like, a shit's worth of content, honestly. Today's reading was two pages. Yep, two and three quarters pages. Mm. Get it right. Be accurate. Well, the first one is a half a page because it's the beginning oh, of the chapter. True. Then we have a full page. Then we have another half page. So to it's me, like two and that's one two quarter. pages. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're right. Okay. You're right. All right. And then our other butt plug is super exciting. We've already announced this on social media, but we haven't been recording lately. So this is our first opportunity to announce it on the show. We have... A- couple new limited edition apparel items on our store. Emphasis on limited edition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. La, tell us some more about these. So we were kind of thinking and um, I was sort of chatting with our merch team over at All Colors LLC who prints and now thank God ships our merch out. And God we, bless them. They're crushing it and doing mm-hmm. it safely and sanit- sanitarily. Mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. are so lucky to be partnered mm-hmm. with them. Fucking We're very for lucky. real. Shout out to all colors. But we sort of came up with the idea of having some limited edition quarantine apparel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So spring is spring is on the way for us here in the Northern Hemisphere. And we thought a cropped black tee would be appropriate. And on the front, it says, stay the fuck home Mm -hmm. with -hmm. our little signature wine and crime wine glass in the word fuck. So it's F wine glass CK. Mm -hmm. And then on the back, we have our little XOXO detail. So we have a cropped tee and we also have the same crew neck sweatshirts that our fucking patriarchy sweatshirts are. Mm, so like so a cozy. cozy black crew neck that says stay the fuck home because you should be staying the fuck home if you're able to. And if you're being forced to go out and work because you're an essential person, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Stay safe. Mm-hmm. Thank you for keeping our economy rolling together yeah Yeah. thank you for keeping us alive yeah and buying these merch items also helps keep the world together because they're supporting what cause yeah it is the The center Center for disaster philanthropies covid19 relief fund get it half of our uh proceeds from sales of these two items will be donated to this relief fund then that goes to pay for personal protective equipment for healthcare workers um sanitation like 
you know, propaganda is probably not the right word, mm-hmm. but just like <laughs> ma- making sure people are staying healthy. Information. Mm-hmm. Making sure people stay the fuck home. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So check out our online store, Wine and Crime Podcast at BigCartel.com. Those two items should be right there at the top. There is clearly say limited edition and heed me when I say if you want one at all get it now because these are mm-hmm. a limited edition yep we're mm-hmm. not re-upping mm-hmm. no no taint happening <laughs> taint gonna do it taint. also just <laughs> I'm just gonna keep screaming uh-huh, taint, taint. <laughs> also the crop tea uh is 32 year old friendly i'm just mm-hmm. gonna say it it's goes a bit of a like, longer crop yeah it's not like an amanda crop top it goes to the belt line it's just not yeah. a long tee so they call it cropped yeah. you it's pair it with some crop. high-waisted pants you're fucking golden mm-hmm. they're super Leggings. cute they're also a little thicker oh they're, they're so really nice cute. yeah mm-hmm. big fan yeah huge 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 taint <laughs> All right, I need to continue <laughs> drinking. Let's move along. Yes, okay. let's get to it. So, Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for cabin fever crimes? Well, it's not wine, I'll tell you that, because I haven't left my house in a month. And, <laughs> <laughs> and all the wine's gone. And most of the wine is gone. Oh, I'm so um, glad I have a literal cellar's worth of wine in my yes, basement. Thank you, Wink. Thank right, you, I'm wink. waiting. I'm waiting on a Wink order, which like this mm-hmm. is not a Wink. Obviously, I'm not drinking wine today, but like I I cannot stress this enough. If you mm-hmm. are not a member of Wink Wine Club, Now's now the time. is the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. They are still delivering currently, and it is a life. Saver. Mm-hmm. So I'm not featuring a Wink wine today, but I highly, highly, highly recommend to check out trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T R Y W I N C dot com forward slash gals. Go check out their inventory, become a member. You get member pricing and like exclusive bonus amazing things that you have access to, and they will ship wine to your door. So, like, yep. I don't know what service we need more right now. It's like <laughs> this and PPEs are like my two essential right? things yeah. to promote. Yeah. I ordered an extra box to be sent to my mm-hmm. mother, my baby boomer mother to like really make sure she doesn't leave the house. It was yep. like, look, I know you like these varietals. Mm-hmm. Here's a box of wine. Stay the, the no fuck home. To fly her home. into quarantine. Yes. Yeah. But during this isolation period, I have had the very good fortune of being able to pay some of my server and bartender friends who are out of work to don gloves and masks and go to the store for me because I'm diabetic. So I am not fucking with any mm-hmm. of that shit. Mm-hmm. And my great friend, Raina Campbell, brought me groceries this past week and included from a brewery where she is currently, well, maybe not currently employed, but was employed, Insight Brewing right here in Minneapolis. I do have Fulton in my fridge too, but this is actually Insight. And today I am about to crack open a beverage that reminds me of Kenyon. It's called (gasps) The the Wisdom of Old One-Eye Strawberry (laughs) Norse-Style Blonde Ale. Yeah, it's a North style, like a Norwegian style blonde ale. Oh my god. The wisdom of old one eye. And yes, I will put a picture of it on the drive slash blog. It's a photo of this as a tattoo. It's basically a one-eyed graphic of a Viking on the front, and his little mouth is a strawberry. (gasps) Yeah, it's super cute. So uh 
Once again, it's from Insight Brewing. And a lot of these local breweries are doing like curbside pickup for crowlers and growlers. Our liquor stores are not closed. So when you do go to the liquor store, please consider trying to buy local if you can. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that Bauhaus... like installed basically a drive-through window system so you can pull up like you can order ahead you can pull up they'll fill they put on their gloves or whatever they fill a growler for you and then they check your id you pay for it through the window that and you never leave your car they just hand it to you it's amazing love that yeah so a lot of the breweries around town are getting really creative um 56 brewing is still very much operational they're doing curbside pickup on growlers and crowlers and still brewing like there's a lot of really cool stuff that's going on right now so i'm sorry What's a crowler? A crowler is like a giant can. It's like a giant can. So So it's smaller than a growler. A glass growler is like basically a a gallon of milk. Yeah, it's a jug. And a crowler is like a double-sized tall boy. Oh. Yeah. So it's just like a little bit of a smaller option, and a lot of um, local breweries offer them as on-site sale. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, today we're drinking this Insight Brewing and I'm just going to quickly read what was written on the back because it's perfect. Born in 1987. No. no. <laughs> Kenny and Lang. Just kidding. St- launched a true crime podcast with her two best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who stabbed her eye out and now she's the old one eye. <laughs> Quote, uh, the vainglorious God was feeling insecure about his missing eyeball. But to him, (laughs) eye patches were gaudy. Glass eyes were gauche. The various goo-gaws I tried tucking into his cavity were ill-fitting. So we paused for lunch, and when I offered him a fresh drooplet from the strawberry bush, he absentmindedly popped it into his skull. It, the towering titan croaked, reflecting on his reflection in the nearby lake, (laughs) looks delightful. Oh, so the strawberry is his eye or his mouth? Well, on the graphic here, it's in his mouth, but in the lore, it goes in his eye. I see a disconnect. I see it too, but maybe it's just, (laughs) maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe he was blowing it off to get the germs off. Maybe he just needed a snack. Maybe. Maybe they rotate when it gets, when it starts to get not good for the eyeball he eats it and puts a new one in yeah i like this theory smart so this is a one pint can it is 5.6 percent abv it was crafted and canned by insight brewing in minneapolis and minnesota and i am about to crack it are we ready to crack yes oh yeah here we go Oh, 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 that was nice. Crack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it smells oh, really good. It's like I got, I got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at attention after that. Crack. Oh, shit. That's delicious. If we were allowed to have a summer this year, this is what I would be drinking by the lake. <laughs> we don't know mm-hmm. yet. We know. But I mean, we know in Minnesota. Minnesota canceled all of summer. Just events. You could still go kayaking, probably. All the beaches and parks are closed. I don't own a kayak. I won't be able to rent one. In South Africa, we can't buy alcohol. Yeah. So you definitely have I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I'm just going to drink all (laughs) summer. It's going to be great. 
Yep. Anyway, we are going to be looking fit and fabulous for our fall live show. I have been working (laughs) out every day. So we'll see. I I feel like I joined a cult because William has like got me working out. Granted, I'm giving him like maybe 15 to 20 minutes and it's like all weight training. I refuse to do cardio. I fucking won't do it. But it's better than nothing and it feels nice. Never thought I would say that. All I've done is bake. All I've done is bake and do laundry. I hear that taking baths, taking hot baths burns like as much calories as going for a 30 mile run. Oh, then I Yeah, I heard that too. 30 full miles. Fitness guru. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Okay. (sighs) Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych, hopefully lots of psych, for cabin fever crimes? Mm. Nope. No psych for you this week. All right. I'm just kidding. You're it's cooped up. Almost you go entirely psych. <laughs> oh, yes. I figured I was it like, was going to be what? one line of psych and then the rest to be about the movie Cabin Fever. Oh, well, my first sentence is Cabin Fever is a 2002 hit feature film co-written <laughs> and directed by Eli Roth. And can you even believe it was his directorial debut? I wow. can believe it. And you were obsessed yeah, you were. with I this movie. love this movie. I know every time I think about or hear the words cabin fever, I think of you immediately (laughs) because of this movie. I don't really. It also made it really hard to research this topic because everything that came up was about cabin fever. Yeah, rightfully Mm -hmm. so. A thousand percent. Cabin fever, I think to me, was one of those movies where like you should not have enjoyed it so much, but it just hit you at like the right time on a good day with good people. Mm-hmm. And you just had like such a good feeling watching the whole thing. I remember I was with Jessica. We saw it. Mm-hmm. And you made me watch it at one point too, but I think you'd already seen it. I owned two copies of the DVD and I absolutely lured people over to my house to watch it with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just one of those, you know, you shouldn't like it this much, but you do. It just hit me at the right yeah. spot. It's like SLC Punk for me. I yes. probably watched yeah. that motherfucker yeah, you 40 were times. Yeah. My Cabin yeah. Fever, your SLC Punk. What's Amanda's? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I had so Good many. Question. I mean, I went through a phase where I watched Gidget every day for like two years. Yeah, yeah you were Gidget. The Lady Vanishes. <laughs> yep, yep, that was a big Stormy one. Stormy Weather. Uh, Stormy Weather, Pink Flamingos. I watched that like a hundred times. Yeah. Pink yeah. Flamingos <sighs> is like a cultural icon though. It is. As is cabin fever. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So unfortunately, we are not here to discuss that kind of cabin fever because I, like, as you can tell, I could literally talk about that movie for an entire episode. Mm-hmm. So per Wikipedia, the term refers to the distressing claustrophobic ir- irritability or restlessness or like lack of con- co- uh, concentration. I almost forgot the word concentration. <laughs> Experienced when a person or people is or are stuck in an isolated location or or confined quarters for an extended period of time. So this isn't necessarily claustrophobia in the traditional sense, nor is it just simply boredom. It's like stir craziness. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's not claustrophobia because you're not locked in a coffin. Mm -hmm. You're locked in a two-bedroom apartment. Exactly. With your spouse. So some, oh yeah. So some classic examples or situations that might induce cabin fever include being stuck in a two-bedroom apartment with your spouse, uh, being stuck in a cabin in the wilderness, 
wilderness. Maybe you're trash. Wilderness. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. What's wrong with me today? Oh my God. Okay. Stir craziness. Stir craziness. Maybe you're trapped there until springtime when the snow melts. (laughs) I'm, yep. You sound like me. With my snaggle. <laughs> no, you don't. No, she Amanda, doesn't. No, you Amanda don't. and I recorded ads yesterday. And one, <laughs> I won't say which one, but it was like, make sure to really enunciate the way that you say this brand name. And Amanda was like, I feel targeted because of my yeah, lisp. it's exploiting my lisp. <laughs> it was exploitative of my lisp. So it was my very fresh? slight lisp that it I definitely have because of my snaggle tooth. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'm going to stop that. Okay. So you might be confined to a submarine for long periods of time, which is possibly uh, my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some reason, I can't submarines. even really watch submarine movies because I have to remind myself to breathe the entire mm. time. <gasps> like, what happens when you, somebody farts in a submarine? It like lingers in the air for the rest of time, right? Yeah. Pretty and if much. there are enough farts released, then you could be poisoned by the methane gas. God, or imagine part like part of an explosion. Just a bean <laughs> dinner on like a marine. Submarine. They cannot allow that. Oh, my God. All right. Best find out who's lactose intolerant. Ooh. Seriously. So maybe you're a National Geographic photographer and you have to live in the treetops for weeks at a time waiting for one elusive monkey to appear. Or maybe there's Damn. a global pandemic and your country has an absolute moron at the helm and you're trying to do the best you can to preserve the health of your community with no clear directive from fucking anyone in charge. Do we wear face mm-hmm. masks? Can we go out in pairs? Do we really have to split bathrooms? Is this 10 people or fewer rule really helping anyone? How far is six feet? Are food reps essential? How much vodka can one person buy before the authorities are alerted? Oh, God. Yep. Okay. Are you okay? Yep. <laughs> this is, these are the answers I need from the CDC. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the CDC could answer some of those. But how far yeah. is six feet? Nobody knows. It's one tiger length. One tiger length or with a tail? lot of people are saying two full no. arm, arms lengths. It depends on how tall you are. Minimum. Short I know. people have I know. short arms. A car is like a little over six feet. Keep a car yeah. length away from people. Yeah. What's a car? Basically, I haven't left my house in a year. <laughs> <laughs> a, tiger, a, a tiger is honestly my best reference. Point for At this. this point, yeah, three three rays on from tail to to nose, tip to tail, tip to tail, three splayed rays. Mm-hmm. See okay. how they run. Okay, I can see. I okay, I can do that. God mm-hmm. help us if I had three rays. My God, uh, you wouldn't have room in your house for anything We'd else. Never but record. We would yeah. never because you'd record. always be acting up. Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes! Yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> Okay, knock on wood. He hasn't knocked on the door yet. During cabin fever, a person may experience sleepiness or sleeplessness, have a distrust Mm -hmm. of anyone who they're with, or have an urge to go outside even in adverse conditions such as poor weather or limited visibility. Can confirm. Also, this all reminds me of um, the Dyatlov Pass thing. Yeah. Yes, the fog. The fog and the cold and the dark and people tearing off their clothes and like, ooh. 
not trusting each other. I don't think this is what happened because it happened to all of them like at the same time. And because mm. they weren't actually gone that long for mm-hmm. the diet love pass. Yeah. yeah. But still, but, yeah. it's fun and creepy to think about. Also, there is no official prognosis for cabin fever. These symptoms can lead a person to irrationality, self-harm, and suicide. So although there isn't an official prognosis, it still should be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. So we will kind of get, we'll circle back to coping mechanisms, but one suggested therapy is just simple contact with nature. Quote, research has demonstrated that even brief interactions with nature can promote improved cognitive functioning, support a positive mood, and overall well-being. So if a person is privileged to have natural spaces nearby, then you should utilize them safely. Not only Mm -hmm. is it... South Africa has banned dog walking and jogging. Not that I ever jogged, but you know, now I want to. Can you walk by yourself? uh, Nope. Not allowed to leave your home. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, on the one hand, I do get it because, like, here in Minnesota, I was getting really fucking frustrated last weekend. Joggers. Yeah, I mean, not even just joggers, but, like, the weather got nice, and I understand. I've lived here for most of my life. I get it. You want to go outside and enjoy that weather, but, like, the parks were packed with people yeah yeah it's like this is exactly what we're trying to not fucking do and then the minnesota parks board had to be like well this is what you get you can't have nice things because you don't know how to fucking stay away from each other all grounded yep we're closing Mm -hmm. parks and beaches bye so shitty i'm very very privileged to have a small garden yeah um so like i've been gardening which is Mm -hmm. not really my jam but like i planted mint and basil today Mm -hmm. and some other kind of bulbs that i found in a trunk like god knows how long they've been there that's so nice but if you're gonna take a walk do it around your neighborhood where you can easily you know step into someone's yard to let somebody else by or step you know off of the sidewalk or get home if it's too much Don't fucking crowd up the parks because Mm -hmm. that is not proper social distancing. And people are like, well, we're six feet apart. And it's like, A, you're not. And B, none of you are wearing masks. And C, the outdoor conditions of that six-foot rule are different from indoor because there are things like wind. Breeze. Yeah. That -hmm. can carry those germs way farther than six feet. Like, just fucking normalize wearing your fucking mask and stay the fuck away from the parks. Just just stay Mm -hmm. away. Stay Mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. We'll come mm-hmm. back to this. So I'm glad you I'm got fine. this out of your system now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so not only is a change of scenery and an alle- and an alleviation of claustrophobic feelings to be outside, but it also stimulates the mind and body and sort of naturally resets your systems. So, you know, evolutionarily speaking, biologically speaking, being outside for humans is just a naturally calming, relaxing thing that you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about seasonal affective disorder or SAD. Mm. Because they win the prize for best acronym. Yes. Sort of linked to the concept of cabin fever, SAD is a mood disorder in which people have normal mental health throughout most of the year but they exhibit depressive symptoms at the same time each year. And it's most often during the winter months, but it actually can be any time of the year. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
And the symptoms change depending on the time of year, which we'll get to in just a second. Folks who have this condition during the summer, uh, here we go. (laughs) Folks who have this condition during the summer are more likely to have heightened anxiety and insomnia, whereas people who have it during the winter months, uh, it might exhibit as more as like oversleeping or overeating or just general like tiredness, lack of what motivation. What if you have all of these Yeah, at what once? if you get both? <laughs> then you're just sad. <laughs> right. You oh, just God. have Got affective it. disorder. <laughs> it may. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. Seasonal affective disorder affects approximately 1.4% of Floridians, uh, while it's nearly 10% of Alaskans. Hmm. Oh, okay. So Her is, grandma uh, hates Florida. She's yeah. lived there for like 30 years, and she hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Why does I kind of have a feeling move? she would hate most places she lived, mm. though. Mm. Yeah. She's not exactly... Easy to please, which is one of my favorite <laughs> things about her. <laughs> She's perfect in every way. Does she listen to the show? Yup. Sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I won't tell the anecdote of us I at the airport. I love Grandma Lynn so much. <laughs> so biologically speaking, many species experience diminished activity during the winter months due to scarcity of food, among other things, like um, hi- hibernating bears. A logical example. So some mm. scientists think that um, seasonal affective disorder in humans is a largely uh, evolutionary kind of side effect. Well, I'm sure back in the day, we did have to basically hibernate in caves, not to the same extent as bears because we don't like yeah. shut down our heartbeat but and stuff. There was but a like, scarcity of food. There's a, Yeah, you just had to chill. There was even a part about like... Uh, Libido, not necessarily libidos, but just like activity in women to sort of regulate and pre- prevent babies being born in the middle of winter. Mm. So there are like seasonal cycles that that our brain is affected by in lots of different ways. But I thought mm-hmm. that kind of has is connected with cabin fever because usually when we think about cabin fever, it's like in the middle of winter in a cabin, can't leave. Right. Right. Um, so I also wanted to touch on a few other related phenomena just because I went down a rabbit hole and it's really fucking interesting. So the first one is agoraphobia, which is not really a phenomenon per se. Um, it's an anxiety disorder when a person perceives their environment to be unsafe and that they have no way of escaping. So they're just like panicking. Mm-hmm. It's typically when a person feels super unsafe being anywhere outside of their home, but that's not mm-hmm. it. Your home isn't necessarily your safe space. Right. For a lot of people, yeah. Yeah. Well, in this disorder, Mm. the death of a parent or having been attacked outside of your home are two fairly typical causes of this disorder, but it's generally believed to be partially environmental and partially genetic. So, like, it's pretty common for members of the same family to have this condition at the same time. Mm. Interesting. And does it... Is there like a typical age where people experience an onset of it or like is it from childhood? Not that I read. I think that it's a it's a result of so many different possible triggers that mm-hmm. it's not necessarily it that something that just like crops up in your late 30s, you know? Right. 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 It's it's usually been triggered by something. Mhm. 
although it is partially genetic. From what I read, it's not something that just totally comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So it affects about 1.7% of adults, and women are about twice as affected as men. Hmm. Oh, we well, win maybe, the lottery again. Maybe because the world is more unsafe for us. Yeah, yeah. well, hmm. we'll get to the, the women versus men thing is very interesting, and you'll see why in a little bit. So we have cabin fever, and we also have something called prairie madness or prairie Whoa. fever. Oh yeah! Now we're getting into it. Some yeah. my Antonia shit right here. Yes, teach yes. my Antonia. <laughs> I hated that book. I loved it. Okay, in I the, hated it. In the 19th century, when white European settlers were making their land grabs across the western United States and the Canadian prairies, they often experienced depression, withdrawal, changes in character or habit, violence fleeing back east, or even dying by suicide, and I would venture to guess that family annihilation was involved in this as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like cabin fever, prairie madness is not a clinical condition, but it was a fairly common phenomenon. It was caused by a combo of extreme isolation and some real rough living conditions. Mm-hmm. And also, just to give this a little more perspective, the Homestead Act of 1862 which we're all well aware of from the movie, what's it called? Gone Away or what's that mm. one with um, Tom Cruise and the woman he was married to? Top Gun. Magnolia. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. I don't. It was, it I was don't Nicole know. Kidman and Tom Cruise and they were like Cold lovers in, during this land grab thing. Anyway. Oh. Love in the time of it. cholera. It's such a good fucking movie. It's called like Blown Away or Gone Home or something Blow. like that. Mm. <laughs> I'll Google it after my section's over. Um, so the Homestead Act of 1862 stipulated that in order to receive your free tracts of land of 160 <laughs> acres, you had to be able to live off the land and like work it for five years. It wow. wasn't it wasn't the way it appeared in the movie that I'm trying desperately to think of the name of where you just like make it there and you plant your little flag and like that's your land necessarily. Mm-hmm. They came and checked on you five years later and made sure you were still there and like doing something with it. Jeez. So stress, a little bit of pressure. There was basically no settlement, no town or infrastructure or community in these areas for decades, not to mention easy transportation to leave or connect with other people. The summers are super hot and short, and the winters are extremely harsh and long with high winds and tons of snow. If you've ever been to the Great Plains area of the United States mm-hmm. in January, mm-hmm. it is... Or February or March. It is the definition of desolation. Yeah, like it's, it's barren. It's barren. Mm-hmm. It's bleak. It's pretty, it but... Amazing what our ancestors endured. It really is. Right? Uh-huh. And I'm almost biting my face off just being told to stay home. I know. Yeah. And we have endless Internet. high quality entertainment and communication and food. Yep. Like, I was mad that I couldn't get my favorite kind of cookie far at and the grocery away. store. It's called Far and Away. That's the movie. Far and Away. Mm hmm. It's a good movie. Good job, honey. Yeah. I, we have internet, running water, electricity, indoor toilets, fucking mm-hmm. grocery delivery. Kenyon doesn't right mm-hmm. now, but for the most part. 
I have most of those things most of the time. So when you factor in like tiny little houses that you built yourself with no running water and mm-hmm. like most of the time, no-, no windows. Usually they couldn't afford windows at first. Why? Well, how would you transport glass in a covered wagon across the country? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. You can't. Yeah. Everything smells like smoke. And poop. You can't, You mm-hmm. don't shower for months and months on end. Well, you don't no, shower no at all. You don't bathe. Ugh. So once again, women tended to be particularly susceptible to prairie madness because it was usually the men who could take an entire day or several days to travel to the nearest town for supplies and whatnot, and the women stayed home mm-hmm. to just maintain mm. the house. And there's no way they remembered everything on the list when they did go to town. Oh, my God. I, I wrote... guarantee it. I wrote a list of six items that I needed for my potato casserole that I made yesterday. Mm-hmm. He forgot two of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> I've just decided that I'm the one going to the store now because uh-huh. somehow his items are always in stock and my items are not in stock. Uh-huh. That is one grenade is worth throwing yourself on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so lastly, we have... I'm not, I have no idea how to pronounce this word, so I'm doing my best. We have Piblokto, a.k.a. Arctic hysteria. Ooh. Yeah. It is noted. Prima nocta. Prima nocta. <laughs> Streganoma. Streganoma. Streganona. Oh, Streganona's author died. I know. Did I you saw see that. Okay. So it is noted in the glossary of cultural bound syndromes in the DSM 4. It is a culture specific hysterical reaction in Inuit societies living within the Arctic Circle. It also particularly affects women. Hmm. This is three, this is we're three for three here on the women thing, causing mm-hmm. them to perform irrational or dangerous acts, followed by complete amnesia of the events that transpired. Nice. Yeah. It's most common in the winter and at night, which like it's always night in the winter though. And (laughs) some think that it's linked possibly to the repression of the personality for Inuit women. So I took that to mean just culturally they were supposed to just be like, you know, a scene and not heard. Like, Yeah, get work done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, More so than men, apparently. Piblokto has also been observed by stranded European sailors in the Greenland Arctic region. So it is not necessarily confined to the Inuit populations. It's been observed by... And within groups of isolated non-Inuit people. Mm. So this excerpt is from Wikipedia. Piblokdo is an abrupt dissociative episode with four phases. Social withdrawal, excitement, convulsions and stupor, and then recovery. In his book, uh, Handbook of Cultural Psychiatry, Wen Shing Sung provides the following example adapted uh, from something that I forgot to include in this uh, excerpt. Nailed it. Quote, Mrs. A is a 30-year-old woman who has had periodic episodes of strange experiences in the past three years, and this w- it started with her mother's death. Three years ago, in the winter, during her first episode, she was acutely assaultive and tried to harm herself. The attack mm. lasted about 15 minutes, and she remembered nothing about it afterward. 
Two years ago, she had her second attack, which lasted about half an hour, during which time she ran from her home into the snow, tearing off her clothing. Oh, God. Oh, diet love path. I know. So some possible causes of this uh, are thought to be extreme cold, a lack of sunlight. They also, their diet consists of a lot of organ meats, which can cause a vitamin A toxicity in the body. Um, I mean, think about like the things that they're hunting. It's like whales and, and they're going to use all of the meat from these animals. And what, what is vitamin A toxicity? It's just... It's just, I just too much vitamin A in the body. It yeah, can affect your brain. Yeah, that's literally what my grandma started to get from eating too many carrots. And she that's started turning right. orange. Yeah. Like the whites okay. of her eyes and her nails started turning orange. And they were like, uh, you're getting vitamin A poisoning and you need to like diversify your fucking diet. Yeah, like too much of any nutrient is not good for you. But I think vitamin A particularly can like fuck you up. So mm-hmm. I just Googled it. Symptoms include changes to vision, bone pain, and skin changes, like your grandma. Mm-hmm. Chronic toxicity can lead to liver damage and increased pressure on the brain. Yeah. No. Yeah. It has, a, it has a psychological effect. Um, and, of course, good old-fashioned evil spirits. Because. Nice. Yeah. You know. you know. Ghosts in your blood. Do cocaine about it. Exactly. So obviously a lot of us might be experiencing cabin fever right now due to this quarantine situation. So I want to share some methods of overcoming your cabin fever. If you're able to go outside alone or with those you're quarantined with, and please, 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 as we said before, make sure to give others a very wide berth. And I'm talking to you joggers who just jog Mm -hmm. right past, breathing heavily. What's with that? Yeah, you still count. Just because you're moving fast doesn't mean... You're not right. spreading the virus. Right. Yep. If you can't jog and always be more than six feet away from other people, then you can't jog. Mm-hmm. And you should look up what your city is doing to make accommodations for you. Like around Minneapolis, they have literally closed parkways around the lakes. I don't know if they still are, but to allow for people to jog and walk in the street so that you are not anywhere near each other. And that is not like an invitation to then fill all of those fucking areas with your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Exercise is dangerous. Don't risk it. Just do it in your house. If I can do it in my house, so can you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some people are fairly selfish with their the space they're taking up. Mm-hmm. Normally, normally that would not be words that come out of my mouth, but in this time, be just be more self-aware. Yeah, and the longer mm-hmm. you fucking go out there jogging your goddamn germs around, the longer we're all stuck in this situation that we're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as you're responsible about it, it's fine, but mm-hmm. you're, it doesn't you're not you're not going to be able to make good time and mm-hmm. run in a straight line. Mm-hmm. So just accept that, and if you're okay yeah. with that and can be responsible, fine. Mm-hmm. And like diversify your path. You know, Mm -hmm. like if that means, and I understand this is privilege because not everybody has a car, but if that means biking or driving a little bit outside of your neighborhood or outside of the city to go somewhere more open where you can have your Mm -hmm. jog safely, 
These are the kinds of fucking sacrifices that we need to be making for your goddamn fitness. I also yeah, just kind of get you can the... wear a mask. Like don't mm-hmm. don't like just jog casually. Don't like fucking be training for a marathon because guess what? It's canceled it's anyway. Canceled. And I also so, get like, the sense that like a lot of the people who are maintaining their regular routine exercise routines of being outside and jogging and not giving a second thought to how close they're being to other people. They're the same people throwing tantrums about just their routine being interrupted. It's like mm-hmm. you lashing also, they out. They have a lot of health privilege for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah, like and you it's lashing like, look, out. The people is, around you might not. Like my mom, my mom was a smoker for a long time, for decades. Mm-hmm. She has other health issues. She had really bad. She gets really bad bronchitis every winter. Mm-hmm. Um. And she's, you know, a baby boomer. She's in her 60s. She's at risk, right? And she's been very good about self-quarantining at home in her apartment. But occasionally, she has to go down to the lobby to get her mail and her packages. Mm -hmm. And some, like, 20-year-old woman came up right next to her. My mom said it would have been uncomfortably close, even not. Yeah. In a pandemic, For like God her face sakes. was like inches from my mom's face as she was like picking up her mail. Fuck That's that. Like, I'd be throwing elbows. I'm sorry, but I would yeah. be. It's I like, just I think I feel like some people are just doing this shit to lash out and it's not cool. Well, it's like you don't know who the what the person next to you, you don't know what their health situation is. They could you know, have survived cancer or, or be experiencing cancer. They could have a compromised immune system. They could Mm -hmm. like, just assume that everyone around you is at very high risk. And even if you're not, you could be a fucking vector. You're going to carry it to somebody else on your hand. A better assumption to make on your part and everyone around you is that everyone's infected already. Mm -hmm. Just just make that assumption. Stay the yeah. fuck away from people. Everyone's a zombie, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what we're going at. two seconds to pick up your mail. Ugh. All right. Sorry, okay. we're ranting. I'm going to get through the fine. last few if we can try to keep our rants to a minimum because I need to drink this wine. Not yep. possible, but continue. <laughs> I'm okay. making sure your expectations are realistic and telling you that's not going to happen. Also, I love <laughs> it's you. It's already not happening. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Okay, next thing, establish a routine. So set an alarm in the morning, get dressed, take a shower, wash your face, eat at regular times. It is so fucking easy not (laughs) to do these things and that will quickly drag down your mental health if you stop doing them. Mm -hmm. But it is so easy not to do those. Regularly going to bed around 5 or 6 a.m. and getting up at 4 p.m. Yeah. Perfect. You need help with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 I'm prescribing problem. you to take your own sleeping pills to go to bed at a normal time just for I a do, few days I, yeah I need to I need to fuck it's probably largely trying to avoid your husband honestly getting on opposite no, he's, schedules he's been doing the same thing though he gets up a little bit earlier but he doesn't need as much sleep as me I've been sleeping an absurd amount well that too is a so I read something that the way that everybody is just sort of like collectively coping has a lot to do with your limbic system. So you have your flight 
fight, freeze response when you feel in danger. But this specific danger is completely invisible. It's super abstract. There's no tangible like rules about it. We don't know when it's going to end. It's just so vaporous that mm-hmm. our that our body, our minds are constantly on alert because we feel like we're in danger, but it's 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 kind of moving between either freezing or flight or fight that are that it's it, it's completely exhausting our limbic systems. So mm-hmm. that when we go to sleep, if you've noticed that you've been having really intense, vivid dreams, yes. it's because yes, it's, I have. It's because your brain is not relaxing enough to get into that REM sleep, that restorative sleep. So you're having really crazy long dreams because you're not getting that good sleep. And that's why we are all sleeping more because we're not actually resting and we're all having crazy Uh, dreams. And it's because our entire environment is saying that we are in danger. Also, I just feel like the mental fog has been so intense. Like I constantly am like walking into another room and being like, wait, what was I doing? Or like Mm -hmm. even just on my phone switching between apps, it's like, wait, I was just going to do something. What was it? And Mm -hmm. like I... I start a million tasks and then just like completely space out and forget what I'm doing. Yeah. So that lack of concentration is another symptom of cabin fever. Mm. So that also might be a sign that you need to find a way to kind of reset, which if you can't go outside, it might be kind of hard. But mm. I mean, even if you could go sit outside in the sunshine in your garden and just try to meditate for 10 minutes go a day. Go paint vaginas. Yeah, go paint vaginas. I, I haven't. I haven't been painting at all so I need to do that mm-hmm. um, moving around to different spaces in your house will help so uh, maybe do a little light redecorating to invigorate your space mm. uh, I knew this shit was gonna get locked down a few weeks ago so I went to Target and spent an obscene amount of money that I will not confess to on the air on just like <laughs> stupid shit that I did not need I got a fake plant I got a bunch of new frames for like photos so I framed photos of like mm. my friends and loved ones all around my house mm. I got a bunch I'm of new markers here in like a month and a half but I'm definitely gonna start putting up more framed pictures on the walls I don't give a shit yeah absolutely um, stay active both physically and mentally so uh, we've covered the physical active activity part we're not gonna go back into that but as far as mentally Read that article in that magazine that's been lying on your coffee table for four months or like... I literally have a bust magazine that I bought three months ago that I have mm-hmm. not opened yet. Read it, honey. Mm-hmm. Or if you're I'm like gonna. me in your internet browser on your phone, you have like 60 windows open of articles that you're going to come back mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Like read those. Mm-hmm. I've been reading some classics that I had never read before. Um, Bad including ones. Anna- well, <laughs> I read Macbeth. <laughs> I read Macbeth yeah, and I ones. read, uh, I'm starting Middle March, which is not great. And then I started, I read Anne of Green Gables, which I absolutely loved, even though Lucy judges me harshly for it. No, I was judging you for Macbeth, not Anne of Green Gables. Didn't you love Macbeth? No, I did not. I thought <clears throat> I would like it. I don't like any of those. Mm. Ugh, none of them. Okay. Uh, connect with others. We have Zoom and FaceTime and all sorts of means of communication at a safe and healthy distance. I personally, in about an hour and a half, have a happy hour scheduled via FaceTime with my family. It's kind of the highlight of my week. It's just really nice. And you can also talk about things that aren't COVID. You right. talk about that canceled trip to Mexico that you're not going to go on anymore. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, CG. Yeah, really. Yeah. Find time to be alone. And this is particularly important if you are quarantined with other people, especially children. Fucking oh, time. God. Find time to be alone and also to be quiet. Don't look at the news. Just focus on your immediate surroundings. Focus on yourself. Just, 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 just be alone and be quiet. I will say for how rough this has been, and William and I don't currently live together, although if all goes well, that will be changing very soon. Um, But we have learned a lot about how we coexist in the last month Mm -hmm. because we have been quarantining together and we have the added bonus of having our individual apartments, so we'll go back and forth, obviously, safely. But we learned pretty quickly that we can share quiet space together where we're both working like very deeply on individual projects Mm -hmm. and able to just hold space in the same room without having to like entertain each other or really intensely interact with each other. And that's like really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So I will say there is a silver lining, especially if you're quarantined with another person in like what you can discover about yourself and about your relationships, whether they be, you know, the ones where you're allowed to have physical contact, like within your immediate family, or even just how you're maintaining relationships with people when you can't see them in person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Zach and I, we're privileged because we have a two bedroom and no children. Mm-hmm. So one for child. weekdays, Josie. Josie, I know, but she's very low maintenance. Mm-hmm. But we've been like during work days. You know, he's still working, teaching even remotely, and and also working on his PhD. So he's like in the guest room basically all day while I'm putzing and doing whatever I'm doing. Um, and then we come together in the evenings. So we're trying to like not be in the same room as each other 24 mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's healthy. That's really good. And it is mm-hmm. sort of like, okay, this is what our routine would be during right. our work day. I'm going to the office, which is the other room. Right. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Corey and I stayed up till two 30 in the morning the other night watching oh Sopranos God. and coloring. Oh my God. We, Bill and I have been accidentally staying up watching like, old episodes of Arrested Development or nice. and then we'll like he has a projector so we have really fun movie nights where we'll like lay out the Legos and make a fun snack and then last night we put on Deep Impact while he made a Lego yes. helicopter nice. or something and it's like oh shit now it's 1am oops and you have to work in the morning let's go to bed yeah <laughs> it's just we watched- nice to do those kinds of little crafty nights and mm-hmm. like coloring and legos and just like yeah he makes he does legos and i make masks that's yeah. like our evening routine now that's very nice mm-hmm. we um we watched an old tom cruise movie which might have been one of his like very very first was movies. it far and Top away Gun. no it was not <laughs> it was all Risky the business. right things the Outsiders. Had, he was not in The Outsiders. <laughs> Tom Cruise? Yes. It was a bunch of guys who look like Tom Cruise. Yeah, they are 99% sure. Hold on. No. Tom Cruise. No, he wasn't. The Outsiders? Question but mark? You're thinking of Pony anyway. Boy and that wasn't him. We no, also he was in it. Heat. I'm looking at it right now. I just no. watched this movie like two weeks ago. What? Yeah, the original Outsiders? The yes. I have to rewatch. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I have two things left. Can we please? I just need to finish this. So 
<laughs> this, what we're all going through is literally grief. We are going through a grieving process. And one of the steps of kind of getting through the grieving process is looking for meaning in the whole situation. So just kind of think about like, you know, keep, keeping all of your gratitude in mind. Like I am very grateful that I have a front porch and a backyard. So I have an outdoor space where I can feel safe. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that this is happening again in our Northern hemisphere in the springtime. So we're mm-hmm. not just staring right. down a long, bleak Midwestern winter on top of this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, like maybe you want to finish your novel or start painting again or reconnect with your children or blah, blah, blah. Like intentionally thinking about those kinds of things will really help you find meaning and it won't feel so bleak and pointless and like what the fuck the world is ending. That Mm -hmm. said, do not put too much pressure on yourself to be productive because that is not healthy either. You need to give yourself Mm -hmm. time and space to cope with the reality of the state of things without indulging too much in the doom and gloom. It's so easy to watch video after video on like, you know, we only have six masks in the whole country, you know? Right, yeah. It's really easy to indulge in that. So don't, don't go too far either way, but like just be conscientious, be grateful for what you have, even if it's, if everything's falling down around you mm-hmm. and I know that's easier said than done for the majority of people but yeah anyway yeah be grateful for the little things like in in South Africa a lot of a lot of the population do not have electricity do not have running water do not have access to you know any kind of sanitary equipment do not have any savings, can't bulk buy any products, mm-hmm. have no transportation. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we're experiencing this, even like the privilege of being able to access a podcast to listen to this mm-hmm. is privilege. And so like a couple of weeks ago, we had electricity cuts. We had internet cut out for a few days. We had water cut out for a few days. And I'm just, when I am having a particularly bad day, I try to remember what it was like on those days and just like appreciate, okay, the lights are on, the water is running, I have some food in the fridge, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I have my yeah, own taking mental stock of, of, yeah, what you have is good. And also like, it's okay to ask for help because we're also seeing a lot of amazing humanitarian resources coming out of the woodwork, which I'm certainly hoping continues at well after COVID dust settles. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to reach out to your friends and family and neighbors because there are things that we can do that are mm-hmm. safe and effective that are going to make sure that your cupboards aren't empty and that, you know, you're not getting evicted or like there are resources and, you know, people can help you find them. So, yeah. And I think if you're hesitant to reach out and ask for help, just once or twice, I personally have been asked for help from friends. And let me tell you, that gave me such a sense of purpose. Like mm-hmm. yes. it actually helped yeah. me just as much as it helped them to be able mm-hmm. to help somebody. Yeah, you are not burdening no someone by reaching out and asking for help. Not at ever. all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. those are some ways to cope with what we are experiencing right now, which is cabin fever among other things. And we love you all, and just be stay healthy, be safe, and yeah, we'll get through this together. Hang yeah. in there. 
Hang in there, all you cool cats and kittens. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. And also just FYI, most of our sponsors are delivery services direct yeah. to consumer. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, we're an indie podcast. We are independent. We are not a part of a network. And about 82% of our revenue comes from advertisers. So if you want to support the show, one of the best ways you can do it is by purchasing something using uh, one of our codes or special links with an advertiser. And that really helps us out a lot. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And you can find those codes and links at our website. Wineandcrimepodcast.com. Mm -hmm. We are all overbooked, overstimulated, and constantly running on empty, even nowadays, <laughs> perhaps more so nowadays. You know, for us, we are always rushing to produce new weekly episodes, and then just like, it takes a lot of work to just run a household. And I have zero motivation to cook, among many other things. I don't know about you. Yeah, I barely have enough time to eat, let alone cook complete meals, and especially not healthy ones, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm more of a nibbler. But being busy doesn't mean that you have to resort to takeout or overly processed food. And that is why we love Daily Harvest, because they deliver the food that you want to eat but don't have time to make right to your door. That is the truth. And not only is it so much more than just smoothies, although they do have smoothies and they are absolutely delicious, but they are incredibly easy to make. All you need is like a pan for some to heat it up uh, or a blender to make your smoothie or whatever it is that you want to make. They're, they have such diverse offerings. So Daily Harvest makes it easy to eat more fruits and vegetables with thoughtfully sourced chef-crafted foods that can be prepared in five minutes or less. That is not a drill. That's, this is not a joke. It's heaven, basically. It's... It's just extraordinarily easy, and it, it tastes so good. They work directly with farms to harvest organic fruits and vegetables at their peak and then freeze them within 24 hours to lock in their nutrients. I love opening the lid of my daily harvest cup and, like, peeking at what's inside because it's, like, fresh, whole mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. It's just... It couldn't be simpler. You can choose from more than 65 different options like smoothies, hearty soups, harvest bowls, and overnight oats. I personally am obsessed with the harvest bowls. Mm -hmm. My favorite one has like grains and sun-dried tomatoes and some basil pesto, some oh, lemon. Love me a pesto. Oh, and like crack a fried egg over that sucker. It is so good. Each recipe takes one step to prepare with room to make them your own. Like I said, do that egg on top. You can blend up a smoothie with like uh, almond milk. Mm -hmm. You can utilize avocados. Mm -hmm. They're just like endlessly customizable. So whether you're at home, at your desk, on the go, maybe doing a shift at the hospital, mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. Daily Harvest is the easiest way to have a delicious and nutritious meal or snack. Mm -hmm. So go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code GALS for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. 
dailyharvest.com. Treat yo life. Oh, treat it. All right. I want to start off by saying that this case does not have a satisfying ending. Yay! You're blue balling so, us already. <laughs> I, I am. So just, I thought that since everything is an unsatisfying, no end date in sight. How fitting. Situation <laughs> to just compound that. Okay. No relief for our listeners. <laughs> no, nope, none. All right. Rodney Marks was born in, oh, I even looked this up and now I can't remember. Geelong, Victoria. Nailed it. Geelong? I don't know. Victoria in the southeast of Australia in 1969. Nice. (laughs) Yep. He loved science from a young age, so it was no surprise to anyone when he majored in astronomy at the University of Melbourne and then went on to receive a PhD in physics from the University of New South Wales. He should have majored in astrology. That was his first mistake. Right. Also, I could be given (laughs) infinite time and resources and still never, ever be able to complete a PhD in physics. Oh, or astrology. (laughs) Astrology, maybe. (laughs) I have Linda Goodman. (laughs) Yeah, but astronomy, no, no, and certainly not physics. Ugh, no amount Uh, of study, no. That is something I don't think I could ever complete a PhD in anything except like eating cheese (laughs) and playing Animal Crossing. I could definitely get a PhD in playing Animal Crossing. A cheese HD. (laughs) Hi, Dev. All right. A he PhD. also has a PhD. <laughs> he also had many non-academic interests. He loved surfing and music and was particularly obsessed with the band Sonic Youth. Oh god, is this my high school boyfriend? Yeah, exactly. He was Amanda's type. Damn it. <laughs> The strong, silent type into Sonic Youth. The strong astronomer type. <laughs> Astrologer. God damn it. Now I don't know which is which. Which is the science one and which is the Ast- one in the Sunday newspaper. Astrology Sunday news- is the newspaper yeah. one. Astronomy yeah. is the stars. Right. Correct. Right? Okay, good. Nailed yeah. it. You basically have a PhD. <laughs> I, I just got my PhDs. Also, there are some pictures on the drive of Rodney Marks, and in some of them, he's real cute, and in some of them, he really needs a shave, but we'll get to it. Oh, God. Oh, no. But some of them, he's really cute. Are they mutually exclusive? Well, like, the one where he has purple hair, I think he's, like, smoking hot, but then there are other ones where he's got, like, a... Cabin oh, fever beard and yeah. long. This is hair. your crush BK from high school. Yep. I know. Yep. The purple hair one. Yeah. Is BK. BTK. I can smell You're this right. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Musky. Ooh, All right. Yeah. So overall, he was a super curious guy who was excited to learn or try anything new. And so in 1993, Rodney jumped at the chance when he was offered a research stint in one of the most remote places on Earth, 
Antarctica. Don't do Boo. it. Do Arctic, not. Arctic hysteria. <laughs> Have you learned nothing from the Inuits? <laughs> Maybe the Southern Pole will be better. Maybe. Ugh. Doubt it. Uh, yeah, judging how Kenyon usually picks her cases, I super doubt it will be better. <laughs> oh, their singular seasons are swapped. <laughs> <laughs> so that summer, he spent two weeks in Antarctica working on research in his field of specialty, which was radio astronomy, which I googled. And it is a subfield of astronomy that studies celestial objects at radio frequencies. No, it is when you are on your local radio station reading <laughs> people's horoscopes. <laughs> and Delilah on Cool 108 or whatever reads. It's Miss Cleo, Dr. Miss Cleo. <laughs> and his show is daily on Love 105. Yes, Love 105. That's it. That's it. Love 105. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So Rodney was instantly captivated by the otherworldly landscape and couldn't wait to go back. In 1997, he applied for and received a coveted research position at the Smithsonian's Astrophysical Observatory at the Amundsen Scott, sorry, Amundsen Scott South Pole Station, which is very hard to say when your nose is plugged and you've had half a bottle of wine. Got it. <laughs> this time he would be going in the winter, and winter was much more conducive to his research uh, because he relied on telescopes, and apparently these telescopes operate best in the stability of extremely cold temperatures. Hate it. Great. Hate it. Great, great, great. Yeah. But it takes a very particular type of person to be able to physically and mentally cope with a winter in Antarctica. I'm going to venture a guess that our buddy over here was not (laughs) (laughs) able to cope. (laughs) He dyed his hair purple six days in. (laughs) Okay, don't. Go there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The National Science Foundation, which is an American organization that staffs the Amundsen-Scott station, has described the type of people they're looking for as, quote, basically loners with long fuses. Oh, my God. That is not a job description (laughs) that I would be like, monster.com, I'm clicking it. Oh, it's the exact opposite of Amanda. Amanda is an (laughs) aggressively people person with a short fuse. Yep. This con- is not a gonna chronic work. need for attention from others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You would create opposite. like a penguin like dating app. <laughs> I would have to do something. Your partner would be really good at it. I He's think he would actually be pretty fuse. good at it. It would be Bumble, but you could call it Stumble. <laughs> like for <Okay>. penguins. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> And Rodney was apparently exactly the type of person because despite the extreme isolation and harsh conditions, he not only endured the experience, he actually enjoyed it. Freak. So So he is a serial killer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So much so, in fact, that he decided to return the following year. 
Rodney's living conditions in Antarctica would drive most people stir-crazy in a matter of just days. The Amundsen-Scott Station consists of three separate two-story structures that sit underneath an 18,000-square-foot, 50-foot-high geodesic shell, and the entire station is often referred to as simply, quote, the dome. Cool. It's bigger than my apartment. I'll take it. A lot bigger. There are pictures on the drive, which will be on the blog. A lot bigger. (laughs) A lot bigger. Yeah, she big. (laughs) 18 times the size of your apartment. So you are essentially trapped inside this dome structure with whomever happens to be there with you. So like... It's staffed with all these different scientists. It's not like you choose your team or whatever. It's like all these different loners crammed together in a dome in the middle of nowhere. With one long collective fuse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. No new faces, and the landscape outside is just endless nothingness. Yay! You could have a snowball fight. I don't even think you can. I think it's mostly ice. I think it's too cold for snow. Oh, my God. Okay. Like, there isn't, like, weather. Maybe there's, like, windy days and not windy days, but otherwise there's, like, not weather. It's just fucking cold. I think it's too cold to snow. Cool. Too drunk to fuck. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's Antarctica's new slogan. Too drunk to fuck. fuck. Welcome to Antarctica. We're too drunk to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Their state flag. Too drunk to fuck. She's a limp dick. Yeah, I'm here for it. (laughs) So these bleak and cramped conditions have driven people crazy in the past. One notable instance is a man in the 1950s who developed, quote, sudden onset schizophrenia. Mm, It's a thing. Oh, no. It's a thing. (laughs) And he had had to be quarantined in a makeshift padded room for months before he could be safely evacuated in the spring. Oh, that is permanent damage. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But Rodney Marks thrived, and he spent the next few winters living in the dome without incident. It should be noted that they call winter at the South Pole. What they call winter at the South Pole is actually about eight months long. Uh, sounds like Minnesota. Which, yeah. yeah <laughs> slightly worse than Minnesota. And once you are there, there's no possible way to leave because it is too cold to land a plane. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so it's, you really, there's no physical way to leave once you're there in the winter. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, having a medical emergency under these conditions is pretty much worst case scenario. And in May of 2000, when Rodney was 32 years old, that is exactly what happened. One day, while walking between the base and the observatory building, he started to feel feverish and was soon complaining of stomach pains and nausea. And he was like a very healthy guy otherwise. He went to see the doctor on the base, 
who could find nothing obviously wrong with him. But Rodney's condition continued to deteriorate, and so he returned twice more to the doctor and was increasingly distressed and panicked every time he went. Because, Uh-oh, like, that's not good. You're in the middle of nowhere and you are feeling really shitty and you have no idea why. And the doctor has no idea why. Yeah, I'd be freaking out too. Also, there were horror stories that they would all like tell each other about people getting sick on the base. That is irresponsible campfire chatter. But I mean, they were like true stories. I know. I just don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I would have nothing else to do except freak each other out. Fuck. I would absolutely be one of those people that was like, well, did you hear about the time I know you when? would. God. That's totally me. <laughs> yeah. Last time I was on a plane, I forgot. I think I was with Corey. And I was like, statistically, it's a lot more dangerous taking off than landing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it is. Oh, and you yeah, told me that. Is. And I think about that every time a plane takes off. Well, I Thank said it you. a little too loudly while we were boarding the last time. I took a plane. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. So one of these horror stories included that of a doctor who had been forced. So there's, I think there's usually one, maybe two doctors on the base at one time. But in this case, it was just the one doctor. Great. And he was forced to give himself an appendectomy. No. Back in the 60s. Yeah. That doctor did? Yeah, because he got sick, he got appendicitis, he needed to have his appendix removed or he would die, and there wasn't another doctor on the base. Uh, no. (laughs) No? Yeah. I have trouble removing a splinter. Oh, that's some, like, 127 hours shit. Yeah. Yeah. I could. No, I I would just let my appendix take me. You know what, though? If he had a local anesthetic... Stop. And he could do it without pain, and he knew what he was doing. Mm. I don't know. It was the 60s. I don't know how good their anesthesia was. I think they had laughing gas, but I don't know how good the anesthetic was. Oh, my was. God. And then he's just high off his fucking gourd, cutting into his own <laughs> belly fat. God. Oh, I wish I would have been there. I'd have been like, Gave give, himself me, a, give, a me, tummy a, give me a quick rundown of how this works. I'll do it for you. Oh, absolutely, you would have. Oh, that would have been so fun. So Rodney had heard all these stories. He'd he'd spent several winters on the base up until this point. So he knew exactly how bad the situation was that he was getting severely ill and no one knew what the issue was. He'd Mm -hmm. probably seen other people get sick. Yeah. So the doctor still cannot determine the cause of his mysterious illness. He has fever. He has stomach pains. He's not doing great. And just 36 hours after his first symptoms appeared, Rodney Marks was dead. Oh, Oh, shit. Special thanks. Special the end. Oh, I thought he was going to go out and kill Mm -hmm. people, but he's Mm -hmm. dead now. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. What does Mm -hmm. the crazy doctor do then? Do they eat him? <laughs> they have plenty of supplies. They do not need to eat him. If you'd been there, you I didn't ask if him. they needed to eat him. I asked if they ate him. <laughs> Those are two different things. Very different things. <laughs> of course, it would be another six months before Rodney's body could be flown back to civilization for a proper autopsy. 
So meanwhile, he was kept in a freezer at the observatory. Which I think was kept in a freezer. I mean, they just put him out back and <laughs> put, no, put a I cone think, on him. I think the outdoors is too cold to use as a freezer. So they have to have a freezer no. inside the dome because the that is warmer than the outside. Wouldn't uh, they want it as cold as possible? I mean, at worst case, he's like cryogenically shatter. frozen. I mean, I think, you know, it's like if, you're, if your freezer at home gets too cold, then some shit can get ruined, you know? I guess. I mean, he's already dead. And if they're not yeah. going to eat him, who cares about some freezer burn? Right? <laughs> <laughs> this just seems think, wasteful to me. I think if, if, if some stuff gets too cold, it could, it could shatter like glass. I'd put him outside if it were me, but that sounds clearly like I to me. I, I don't see the issue here. Anyway, they put him in a freezer, which is the responsible thing to do. Yeah. Whatever. Less room for Heath bars. <laughs> Rodney's colleagues at the station were obviously upset about his death, but they didn't feel any particular sense of urgency about getting the body autopsied because they assumed that he had died of albeit mysterious, but natural causes. It should also be noted that Rodney struggled with alcohol addiction, so many of his pole mates... Pole mates? <laughs> man, many of his fellow strippers. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I hadn't read that anywhere, but I just threw it in to see if it would work. I like pole mates. Pole mates assumed his death was somehow related to the heavy to the effects of heavy drinking but they that was just an assumption that many people had made was he drinking there well we will get to it okay um but yes but most people were drinking there i fucking would um, be jesus yeah what else is there yeah. to do right so it's unclear if rodney's struggles with alcohol predated his employment on the base um, but it has been estimated that living under the conditions at the station will cause between 3 and 5% of people to experience some form of psychological problem, such as sleep disorders, depression, or alcohol addiction. Only mm. 3 We're, to 5%? Well, to like to such an extent that it, it constitutes a psychological problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you have trouble sleeping for a couple weeks and then get over it, you're fine. Or if you have depression, but you can, but you it can be functional spiral. on meds. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's, okay. you know, but if it gets like quite serious. Mm-hmm. Also, those are the three things I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. I don't know about anyone else. Yeah, Sleep absolutely. Sleep disorders, depression, and alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> We're basically in Anna- Antarctica. Oh, God. So when spring came and Rodney's body was finally transported to Christchurch, New Zealand, um, the autopsy results revealed that Rodney had, in fact, been poisoned <gasps> with methanol. Oh, shit. What's methanol? It's, uh, it's like in cleaning products. Mm-hmm. So that was an intentional poisoning. Yes. Whoa. Oh, no. So immediate panic set in at the observatory. Detectives from the New Zealand Police Department descended on the base to investigate. The investigation into Rodney's death took over six months. 
uh, oh, sorry, ha- occur- started over six months after the death occurred. Right. Um, so obviously that's not ideal because all they had to go on was the physical evidence from the body mm-hmm. and like colleagues' memories of the days surrounding right. the event. But and those whoever can be did pretty- it had six months to cover their tracks. Yeah, what a perfect and, and, crime. And like gently alter people's memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Also, how do you remember really solidly events that occur when like you're in one place and one attitude basically and like not much is changing? I right. Don't I have no idea what day it is. I don't no remember fucking clue. this morning. No. Yeah. Everything is like, for me, it's like in relation to other events. So yeah. it's like, okay, that was the same week that I was in this place or mm-hmm. I went to this event. But otherwise, it all blends together. I don't fucking Oh, yeah. Know. I would be useless in this situation as a witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think, and I've talked to a couple of friends about this, I feel like this really just like low hum of constant stress is giving me like blackouts of like short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I've been drinking pretty much every night because again, jack shit else to do, but certainly not drinking to the point of blacking out. And yet mm-hmm. when I wake up in the morning, I will have almost no recollection of like what I had for dinner, what time I went to bed, what I did before bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that bizarre? It is bizarre. I think it's part of the mental fog thing. It's just like your mind is always elsewhere, therefore it's nowhere. And also yeah. like preservation to make room for when like action is necessary in these situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your brain's like creating space. I woke up Mm -hmm. the other morning and I was like, oh my God, what did I do last night? And I looked around my room. Apparently I folded three loads of laundry and put it away. Zero recollection of doing that. Your cats did it. That's a little scary. We know Corey didn't do it. No, there's no way. (laughs) It's a fucking mystery. (laughs) (laughs) The cats are more likely culprits than your husband. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So, also, Rodney's living quarters and his lab had since been cleaned because it's been six months. Right, right. And also any possessions of his that weren't sent home to his family uh, when spring came were thrown away. So basically, like, somebody had gone through and cleaned out his spaces mm-hmm. and been like, his family probably wants X, Y, and Z. They probably don't want this piece of scrap paper. Throw it away, you know? Right. Yeah, it wasn't a preserved crime scene by any stretch. Exactly. It was initially theorized that Rodney could have ingested the methanol on purpose in order to commit suicide. Sorry, to uh, complete suicide. Die by suicide. Yep. But his colleagues and the base doctor remembered how upset and panicked he was about being sick. That doesn't add up. And so they didn't think that that made sense, and they also didn't think that he was faking that panic or those symptoms. He also, like, liked being up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had been up there a bunch of times and at least three winters, 
and enjoyed it. Um, Also, Rodney had a lot of really great stuff going for him at the time of his death. Not that that always, you know, prevents suicide, but he just happened. Like, there were no worrying signs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was excited about the research that he was doing that winter. He had no financial problems in his regular life. He had recently entered a new relationship Um, And this was with a woman named Sonia Walter, who was a maintenance worker on the base during the summer. I was going to say, like, how and with whom? Yeah, yeah. If this guy can meet someone. I cannot. (laughs) Uh, But no, he, they met during, she was a maintenance worker during the summer, and they met during the summer winter changeover (gasps) when he, like, the winter crew comes in and the summer crew is leaving. That is an epic be cute. And they had become so like instantly obsessed with each other and like into each other that she applied for a winter job in order to stay with him and she got it. (gasps) Oh my God. I like that. I know. And then they were engaged just a few months later after meeting. I hate everything. Hopefully they had a (gasps) private cabin for all that hot isolation sex. Can you imagine? I know. Someone also, needs this to should write be a movie. some erotica about that. Oh, yeah. Like, shouldn't this be a movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be a really boring movie, but. <laughs> well, no. I mean, he gets murdered, and then you can yeah. come up with who you think the culprit is. I think well, it would be a good you movie. You yourself alluded to the idea that we don't ever find out who did this. <laughs> I just, yeah. Okay. So it was Sonia. Sorry. It, I mean, it could be. I don't know. I think it was a scorned so for- penguin. <laughs> Seals can get very aggressive. <laughs> they can. Lucille. Um, <laughs> Lucille <I> Bluth. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, suicide seemed unlikely. One investigator thought that perhaps Rodney had tried to distill his own liquor and had ended up accidentally drinking methanol. Yeah. But this theory didn't make much sense because the observatory had a very well-stocked bar and the residents had unlimited access to that bar. Lucky. All right, never mind. I'll take this job. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Change my mind. (laughs) The bar at the base was called 90 South. It reportedly turned into a drunken dance party pretty much every night. Incredible. It's like my kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start calling my kitchen 90 South. Yes. Or your parents' kitchen. Oh, yeah. Which is my own personal 90 South. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because many, it was also open 24-7 because many of the scientists worked overnight. And then it's like airport rules. They would like you know, have a few drinks at 8 a.m. before going to bed. And it's winter, so is it not always dark down there? I think it is pretty much always dark down there. That's wild. I'm sure there's like a couple hours of daylight, but that's it. So Rodney was a regular at 90 South and often played shows there with a band that he started called Fanny Pack and the Big Nancy Boys. Yes! (laughs) What? Amanda's in love with this man. I, I think I really am, too. Am. <laughs> what was our band name we good. made with Scott? Like the Juicy Farts? Oh, the yeah. Ni- the, ba- was, the Night Pudding. Yeah, I was like, so hammered, I do not recall. I think it was yeah, called I'm Night Pudding sure and the Juicy Farts. It's called Night Pudding and the Juicy Farts. I renamed our chat to it, so I'll find yeah. it. 
That'll be a drunk dive that will be posted little very bonus. soon. Yep. Little extra drunk night, dive night for pudding you. and the juicy farts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sign up for Patreon. One dollar a month on up gets you full access to that. Yeah. Night There's pudding and the juicy really farts. There's some good screenshots of this epic Zoom meeting that we basically <laughs> we, recorded for all of your listening pleasure as we patrons. Got embarrassingly wasted. I have. N- I have never been that drunk recording an you episode. You whipped of out this. your massive vibrator. <laughs> yeah. To show it off like a trophy. Yeah. It's heavy. <laughs> like a prize sea bass. She big. <laughs> she big. The worst part is I can't donate it to anyone. Absolutely. No, not. you cannot. Yeah. That's not the worst part. Okay. Anyway. So Rodney played guitar and Sonia, his fiance, played bass. Oh no. Also, Rodney was a well-educated scientist, so even if he had tried to distill his own liquor, which again, he had no reason to, the odds of him messing the process up so badly that he accidentally poisoned himself to death was extremely low. Yeah. Yeah. Furthermore, the only place that methanol even existed on the observatory was in cleaning supplies. It wasn't like there was like a bottle of methanol. Uh Uh-huh. It would have had to have been distilled from some sort of cleaning supplies. Mm -hmm. So even though Rodney was an alcoholic, the readily available supply of actual decent liquor on the base meant Mm -hmm. that he never would have gotten to the point of desperation where he needed to be drinking cleaning supplies for a buzz or like to stay well. Yeah. So anyway, which leaves only one reasonable possibility. He was murdered. Murder. And furthermore, someone living at the observatory had poisoned him. This is like the worst game of Clue ever. I was going to say, mm-hmm. with a candlestick in the library. Mm-hmm. With in the methanol dome. in the dome. <laughs> so although the dome is populated year-round by scientists and, house, and can house up to 250 people in the summer months... Rodney was there in the winter when the population shrinks to just a fraction of the summer size. Mm. So that winter, there were only 49 other people besides Rodney living on the base. Mm. And that includes scientists as well as support staff like cooks and maintenance workers, including Sonia. And there were no obvious suspects at all amongst those 49 people. By all accounts, Rodney had been extremely well-liked. He was pretty easygoing. One scientist on the base that winter remembers that um, Rodney was kind of the glue that kept the crew together and very tight-knit feeling. Mm -hmm. Quote, he had a PhD, and yet he would play poker, smoke cigarettes, drink whiskey with the carpenters and the plumbers. He was just like... He could hang. He it was, was like everybody's at- homie. Exactly. You can kind of tell that just from like the pictures. Like he just mm-hmm. looks chill. Yeah. Still, given the isolation of the crime and the quarantining of the potential suspects, like it had to be one of these 49 people. Right? And that's actually a really small selection. So like it really freaks me out that we don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Like, if yeah, if you think about it, a regular murderer has infinite suspects. Mm -hmm. 
This one, it had to be one of these 49. Kiwi investigators initially did not think it would be too difficult to narrow things down and find someone with a motive for killing him. So they were like, sweet, we know it's one of these 49. We know when it happened. We know how it happened. They weren't we're fuzzy gonna- on the idea at all. Ha <laughs> 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 like a kiwi. Like I a get kiwi. It. Get it? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> <sighs> Very thin-skinned. Okay. Then they ran into then two things pretty- turned sour. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity was ripe to solve this case. But then they turned green with envy. Um, <laughs> then they ran into two pretty significant obstacles. The U.S. government and international law. Uh, Sounds about right. Those are always mm-hmm. the most significant obstacles. The Amundsen Scott Station, where Rodney was living, is a U.S. base that is built on territory that New Zealand claims to own. And also, Rodney Marks is an Australian citizen. Oh, God. Here we go. Our space station laws all over again. It's exactly. too much. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. The U.S. disputes New Zealand's claim to the land, uh, which has led to several conflicts over jurisdiction throughout the years. Most significantly for a murder investigation, the U.S. claims that American citizens living on the base are not subject to New Zealand laws. Well, the U.S. base built the station. So if we're going by space station laws, they're right. Well... Traditionally, you know, if it's if the land is owned by another country, then anyone on that land would be subject to that country's laws. Yeah, you're right. They are on land, not floating in outer space. Except if it's a military base, and then the military base counts as like a little parcel of the of the Uh, original country's land. Mm -hmm. Yes. But does this count as a military base? It's disputed. It's it's never been resolved. So with the exception of Rodney and one other scientist, everyone working and living at the base at that time was an American citizen. Hmm. So basically, everyone besides the victim and one other person is an American, and the U.S. is like, nope, you're not subject to New Zealand laws. But all the investigators are from New Zealand. Does New Zealand lay claim to this portion of land just because it's closest to New Zealand? Yes. Okay. It's not. It wasn't just a random like. Mm, I'm Russia. I want that part. I want it. Yeah. It's no. Nice. It's close. It's closest to New Zealand. Okay. In the summer, you can like easily take tourist trips from New Zealand to Antarctica. I didn't know that. But yeah, why which I, would you to see oh, the penguins? I super want to do it. Are you kidding? It sounds amazing. I think you want to go fun. to Antarctica, but you scoff at me for camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you wouldn't do, do you well see in Antarctica. How that is? <laughs> I want to go, but in like a where'd you go Bernadette kind of way with like all the proper gear. <laughs> oh my Your God. Your face would ripple to the point yeah. where it would never unripple. It's like how, <sighs> I, how I love Cabela's, but I... Would never go camping. You love Cabela's? I love it. Why? What do you purchase there? Jerky? I I just think <laughs> that I just, it's like going to Home Depot. Like I just want, I just want one of everything just in case. 
Oh my but god! But I also want to never a doomsday ever. Prepper. Yeah, yeah. I never knew right. you loved Cabela's. That's really I odd. I love it. That's really yeah. weird. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> when the lead investigator on the case, so a New Zealander named Grant Wormold, attempted to set up interviews with the other scientists and 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 staff on the base. Only 13 people agreed. Oh, it was a cover-up. And when Wormald tried to contact higher-ups at the National Science Foundation for background information about the other scientists, they, too, refused to cooperate. What? What the fuck? It's a cover-up. Instead, they announced that they would conduct their own investigation because a science foundation can absolutely conduct a criminal investigation. That makes perfect sense. Into Rodney's death. But if they did so, the results were never shared with the official investigators and the results were never released to the public. Wow. So it may as well have never happened. Good job. Yep. Yep. Wormald and the New Zealand police were never able to overcome this jurisdictional obstacle. And although the investigation still technically remains open, it is extremely unlikely that any new evidence will come to light because it happened in the year 2000. Wow. And in a place that's so cold, it will crack a body. Mm-hmm. Shatter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I meant. Rodney's family has publicly stated that they see any further attempts at investigation into his death as, quote, a fruitless exercise. So they've, they've given up. They're like, Aww. it's just not going to be solved. Rodney Marks is officially considered to be the South Pole's only murder victim, and it will likely remain unsolved forever. That's so sad. Journalist Will Cockrell summed up the long investigative article about the case by writing, quote, Ultimately, Rodney Marks may have simply slipped through the cracks, disowned by the National Science Foundation for the sake of its reputation, overlooked by his native Australia, left to rest in peace without resolution by a coroner, and a detective exhausted by an eight-year battle with the NSF. Nothing more than a stark reminder that at the South Pole, shit happens. Oof. <laughs> Amazing. And that is my case. I want to see the Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie of this. Right? Ooh, wow. Big time. Shit mm-hmm. happens. At yeah. the South Pole. What a cold a young and concise way to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Perfection. You know, I got to say one thing. All right, go for it. For some reason, I'm some part of me is sort of like a fan of unsolved murders or just Ugh. like mm. things that aren't wrapped up in like a neat little bow. Like when we did our uh, alien things, the fucking guy yeah. on top of the pile of coal, fucking yeah. love that stuff. It's terrible yeah. for the families. I know that. It's it's not right. But hearing these stories in like a in like a story context, yeah, it's so unsettling. It just I love it. It is oh. deeply unsettling, and it it makes your brain work in ways that a solved case does not. Mm-hmm. You know, like it makes you run through all the possibilities and really examine all the evidence. Whereas if you know, like when you're fed the result. Yeah. It's different like, and until know what one information. Day he got in a fight with the janitor. 
It's like, no, yeah, exactly. there wasn't that at all. Right. I hate unsolved stuff. <laughs> it bothers oh. me so much. I don't like I think that. It depends. I don't, I don't like that it's unsolved, but like super creepy, very bizarre circumstances, stories like this. Really, I do like talking conspiracy theories and things on on stuff that's unsolved, like Jambonet. But I don't know. Or, I don't know. But, but like, I loved this case. But like weirder than that, like that little boy who got swept up by an eagle, maybe in a national yeah. park. Yeah. Like just that really, really bizarre. From mm-hmm. the season one of Someone Knows Something, or was that a different one? We covered that was we the alien it. abductions case that I covered. Yeah. But I, yeah. there's a very similar case from Someone Knows Something for sure. Yeah. Were yeah. they both alien abductions? I thought that was the National no. Parks crimes. Oh, it might have been that, but... I don't know. Well, those are my confused. two favorite cases we've ever covered, and it's because mm-hmm. nobody fucking knows what the fuck. Well, we can do another unsolved yeah. one. We've already done it, but we can do it again. Great. It's not just unsolved, right. though. It's weird unsolved. We'll get to We'll okay. figure it out. All right. <laughs> Word from our sponsors. Yes. So you might remember in previous spots that we've done for this particular company, Everly Well, we talk about it all the time. And I have like friends and family like messaging me separately asking about it. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing and it's so cool. Everly Well is the amazing at-home wellness test that helps you better understand your health. So a few months ago, I received my Everly Well at-home lab test and tested myself. I did the the thyroid test. Mm -hmm. So that came back just like a few days later. It was remarkably fast. And it just showed me my levels of various hormones, like maybe some possible side effects because of different like diet behavior things that I have. So I was able to look at these results, super easy to read and like make judgment calls for myself Mm -hmm. and like my specific levels to just improve how I feel, improve how my body functions. And just having that information that you can apply and change like right away Mm-hmm. It it was just so cool. I loved it. I think we're all realizing, especially now, what a privilege health is and how important thinking about and taking care of our own health and having access to good information about our own health is. Mm. And that is why we love Everly Well. Everly Well offers more than 35 different at-home lab tests from fertility, thyroid, and heart health, food sensitivity. That's the one that I did because... I have a lot of different food sensitivities, so it was great to actually pin down which ones are rooted in fact and which ones I had maybe assumed but actually are fine. Mm -hmm. Each Everly Well test comes with super easy-to-follow instructions, and every test is physician-reviewed, and the shipping is free. Yeah, don't forget, comes right to your door. It couldn't be simpler. Your results are reviewed by a board-certified physician. Then they're sent directly to you digitally within just days. I got my results while I was at the grocery store, so I was able to, like, implement those changes immediately. And you can even share those results with your healthcare provider. Your results are personalized and easy to understand so you know exactly what they mean for you. So to start better understanding your health like we did, check out Everly Well today. So for 20% off an Everly Well at-home lab test, visit everlywell.com slash gals20 and enter code gals20. That's G-A-L-S-2-0. 
everlywell.com slash gals20, code gals20 for 20% off your test. Everlywell, at home, lab tests, your answers, your way. Treat yo health. I went into the way, way back machine for this one for sure. Nice. I'm just going to dive in. Many mental health professionals have identified a feeling of helplessness as the key factor into the onset of post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. Trauma is trauma, but feeling totally powerless, utterly without agency, and at the mercy of outside forces, hi, check, 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 does a number on the human psyche with more viciousness than just about anything. So what could be more triggering than being trapped inside a confined space and driven to stay in place by the forces of nature? Not fucking much. (laughs) (laughs) You're so dramatic. I know. But now, what if the house you are trapped in rocked up and down all day, you only had super salted food to eat, and were surrounded by the same hundred sweaty men day in and day out? What the fuck are you describing? Does this describe your cabin fever? No. 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 Then that cabin is probably not the cabin of a ship, and you are probably Uh, not lost at sea. Oh, you lost me at salty food. Would Mm -hmm. it make sense now? Salted food. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So most of us are really going through the ship, but it could always be worse. You could have scurvy. Ship happens. Ship happens. (laughs) There are many cases of horror and cannibalism on the open seas. Gruesome stories of desperate men on stranded ships resorting to cannibalism abound. One of the ships from the last attempt to find the Norwest Passage through the Arctic was found in 2014. And the Erebus and the Terror, which are the names of the ships. Yes. What? Yeah, oh, we'll get to it. Set off to find a way through the ice in the Arctic and then just disappeared, iced in, like ice encapsulated these ships and Uh all of the crew starved to death. Yeah. So can you fucking believe a ship horrifically trapped in the ice with starving men resorting to cannibalism was called the Terror? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, frankly, these people were just... Asking for it outright at that point. (laughs) Did you see what he was in? The terror, what he was wearing? Uh, There was evidence of knife marks on bones and evidence that bones of the dead were reheated to extract the marrow out of them to eat. I know, which makes me really want grilled bone marrow so Mm -hmm. bad. Yeah, bone marrow sounds good. There are even tales where men stranded with no food went and ate the cabin boy. True story. Yeah, if you want some nightmare ships trapped in the ice stories, Google Shackleton. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a real scary one. My dad loves that story. I think it is... It is so deeply traumatizing. I'm 90% sure my dad read one of those books that's like 8,000 pages long. Every dad did. They insist on getting it in hardcover about that exact case. He borrowed it from my dad. Probably. (laughs) The George Washington biography. Yeah. That's like three volumes. Yeah. Insane. No one has time for that. Not even in quarantine. And we're not talking about that case today. But today we're talking about a less horror-based and more interpersonal hate-fuck crime out of, of mutiny. 
Mm. caused by cabin fever. The most famous example is the tale of the mutiny on the bounty, where basically the captain was such a brutal dickhead boss who berated his men so mercilessly that they eventually took the boat from him at gunpoint. And like, we're all about there with our Mm -hmm. own partners and bosses right now. (laughs) So like, there's that. But Mm -hmm. we're going to be discussing the even nastier story of the aptly named HMS Wager. (laughs) A tale of disease, check. Paranoia, check. Check. (laughs) Murder and mutiny, or as described in a book from the era on the subject, quote, an affecting narrative of the unfortunate voyage and catastrophe of His Majesty's ship wager, (laughs) which sounds a little close to our current reality, in my opinion. An affecting... Everything's a wager. (laughs) Yep. An affecting narrative of the unfortunate voyage and catastrophe of the United States infrastructure and the Trump administration (laughs) of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. So back in the age of war on the high seas, when countries went to war, their naval fleets would blast the shit out of each other just all over the world. Like, that's just how it was. Mm -hmm. So in 1741, Britain and Spain had gone to war, but the fighting was not confined to Europe. These naval superpowers thought they owned the whole world. So they went to war in all seven fucking seas. Hashtag white people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always fighting. Just white people shit. One Commodore Anson led six warships, the wager included, and went to sail round the horn to attack Spaniards and Spanish interests in Chile. Ooh. The Centurion, and there's a there's a map and like an aerial view of sailing round the horn on the blog slash drive. It's mm-hmm. not a simple trek well, by any means. Also, it reminds me of the Cape of Good Hope. Mm-hmm. In Africa, mm-hmm. they had to yep. go down through that shit, and the weather yep. is insane. And so mm-hmm. unpredictable, and oh. it changes just on a dime, oh. like, without warning. It's very cool, but you, uh, there's no it's way terrifying. in fuck I would have ever attended. No, no. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Centurion, their 60-gun flagship with 400 men, the Gloucester, 50 guns, 300 men, Severn, 40, or Severn, 40 guns, 250 men, the Wager at 24 guns and 120 men, and the Little Baby Trial at 8 guns and 70 men. Set oh, off, she's trying. She's trying. <laughs> set off with two merchant vessels in, a, in along for the trip. For some ungodly reason, the ships also carried 470 like individuals that were wounded or ill taken on as troops. Like, I, we don't know why they fucking did that. Maybe hoping that, like... Like, returning them from wherever they... Like, the battlefield, wherever they were injured? Yeah, were they rescued? L- no, they were taken on as troops. So maybe it, maybe it's like people that were injured in battle and then they were like prisoners of war or mm. just like injured soldiers or maybe they thought that like people would recover on the trek and then by the time they got there, they could help operate like guns and cannons and shit. It's just really stupid in my opinion. It is wishful put, fucking thinking. <laughs> it's really wishful thinking and then it's also just like filling a ship that's already on a very rocky trek with people who are with would not who would not be considered like in naval terms able-bodied men quote unquote 
Mm. You know? So it's just like, it just seems like a bad idea. And it lit- my next line is literally, this proves obviously problematic later as shit gets really bad. I'm sure there was a reason. Also, can but- you imagine like an even more confined space than a ship? Like oh. that's as confined as it gets. Uh, yeah. On the Ugh. open sea. Well, Besides, like, prison, that is as confined as it gets. Yeah, I would so argue go, that slave ships are the most confined types of well, ships on the open well, seas. Well, right, but that yes. counts. Like, a That's ship. a ship. Yeah, full but of yeah. these ships are, mo- are bigger than that. They're not, like, packed like sardines. Mm, but the way that this fleet yes. was, like, it really wasn't that... It's they. It wasn't a roomy ship, like any mm-hmm. of these. I just meant... As confined spaces go, a ship. I wouldn't is want real to be bad. trapped on a cruise. Like fuck no. that. Well, like yeah. a ship and like a submarine in these days, mm-hmm. equally as fucking dangerous. You're not gonna get rescued like out in the middle of the ocean. No, it's That's horrible. True. Yeah, submarine. So after a resupply and one of the ships bailing on the mission and heading back to England, the wager found itself with a hull full of guns, a huge amount of rum, and random (laughs) stuff for trading with coastal locals. The ships did a horrible job supplying, and many, many men, like the vast majority, including a huge number of the already injured folks, straight up died of scurvy. Oh, my God. Scurvy is too much salt, right? It's like no, not it's enough. not having citrus. Right. There's not enough like diversification of your diet. So people oh. wanting an orange so badly that they're fucking dying. Like on yeah. that's like where, literally that's where if you at. had like one slice of a clementine, you would live, but mm-hmm. no, you just die. Mm-hmm. Weird. So Commodore Anson removed the wonderfully named Captain Dandy Kid who was <laughs> dying of nasty scurvy and replaced him with uh, a guy named Captain Murray. Kid made a deathbed prediction that the voyage would lead to riches for most, but disaster for the wager, which is like the perfect thing to say as like a grizzled dying sailor dying of scurvy on their deathbed. I can't imagine a better... <laughs> like what a weird prediction. Death warning. On your I know. Deathbed. So also, now that quit guy's predict- dead. Quit making predictions on your deathbed. Yeah, that's just, so eerie. Just be done. Just be done. Just tell my wife and kids I love them. Bye. Yep. So Captain Kid is dead, and they had to promote someone to captain to have enough captains to go around, and they promoted another guy named Lieutenant David Cheap, which is an (laughs) apropos name. He does not do well in this situation. Yeah, stock a few oranges, you fucking cheap bastard. You're not not cheap in death, David. He's so cheap. So now this guy, David Cheap, is commanding a huge ship for the first time, which is crewed entirely by scurvy-riddled individuals who absolutely hate their fucking lives. Cheers to David Cheap. Good luck, sir. (laughs) So rounding the horn was a fucking disaster. Delays led them into horrific weather, devastating high seas, and contrary winds, which is literally asshole winds that just blow the wrong way. Like, out of nowhere. (laughs) And they are working with basically no able-bodied crew. So after weeks of trying to sail west far enough, they more or less had to guess that they had made it far enough and turned north. Oh, Spoiler God. alert, they had not gone far enough west. Oh, no. And it's like what, <laughs> trying to walk somewhere blindfolded. That's almost exactly what this situation was because, like, the weather and everything made this trip so disorienting. 
that they just didn't really know where they were. Oh, God. And, I mean, this is the 1700s, so they don't... They're relying on, like, hope the stars come out tonight so I yeah. can maybe see where I am. Yeah, but they, they're like, in barely like, have clocks. Yeah, they're in, like, horrible weather conditions, so you probably can't even see the stars a lot I'm of the so- time I'm, to navigate. I'm sorry, I would just... I would jump off the boat. I couldn't do that. I'd... No. Me too. Fuck this. No way. So they hadn't gone far enough west, and one night while using a super fun-sounding longitudinal technique called dead reckoning, which is literally (laughs) fucking guessing That's a good band name. It is a really good band name. I'm pretty sure it's a video game. It might be. They were minutes from running aground when a tiny bit of moonlight came through the storm clouds and shone on the Patagonian coastline. The lookouts on one of the merchant vessels fired cannons to warn the others and averted total disaster. Thank you, merchants, for coming in clutch. The fleet turned west again, but in the confusion, the wager got separated from the group. Scurvy, once again, was so bad that the wager was running out of (laughs) semen. Their refraction (laughs) period had quite elapsed. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Just Not don't jerk off for a uh, week. You'll have plenty. Right. And they still had no idea when to turn north. So take a moment to imagine the working conditions here, trapped in a creaking wet boat, literally dying for fruit, looking at uh. the same 60 men, the other 60 so sick they can't even stand up, with a boss who just got promoted and is a huge douche prone to fits of rage. Everyone reeks. There's just yep. vomit oh, and shit God. everywhere. Everywhere. And there are photos on the drive of like the hull of this ship. It's mm-hmm. there are no amenities. It's awful. Imagine mm-hmm. the poop. It's so bad. I Mm-mm. I cannot imagine the no. poop. Ugh. I refuse. No. no. Hard no. So Captain Cheap, feeling that they did not have enough sailors and struggling for ideas, decided to head for Socorro Island to resupply. The gunner and best best sailor on the ship, John Bulkley, warned him that these islands were too poorly charted and the ship was in absolute (laughs) shit shape. So this was way too dangerous a mission. Mm-hmm. Captain Sheep was showing, quote, thinly veiled contempt for his navigator and other officers and ignored their warnings entirely. As they continued, they sighted land and all hands were called to turn the ship west. In the rush to turn the ship, Captain Cheap fell down a ladder and dislocated his shoulder in an injury so painful that he had to be confined to his quarters. <laughs> so now he's basically useless again. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I would throw myself overboard. Uh, yeah. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong in this situation. A horrible storm kicked up later that night, and by 4.30 in the morning, they broke off their tiller and started taking <laughs> on water. The cabins filled with water as the wounded ship tried to sail, on, the, and those too sick to move or flee just drowned in their sick rooms below. Oh, just my God. Yep. Then the ship hit rocks on the shore and got stuck. It got lodged the ship is in the rocks. Fucked. They can't steer. It's fucked. Fucked. No. Well, I mean, and now it's just yeah. Beached. Now it's really fucked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's oh, like not God. quite beached. It's like on rocks, still several like Getting hundred yards from shore in a storm. Great. Yep. And so, sinking. Yeah. So now it's basically like the the two 
responses are the category I'd be in and then the category survivors would be in. Starting with the category (laughs) that I would be in. In a pretty wild decision, some of the crew broke open the locks on the spirits room and busted out kegs of rum that they (laughs) had on board. They got completely hammered and stole officers' clothing, dressing up and starting (laughs) fights with one another. So the stir-crazy bastards just went full tilt shipwrecked let's rum it up and play dress up and punch the yeah, piss out of me. each other and then die yeah that would yeah, be a really wild halloween yep, party. So that's, yep mm-hmm. half the crew is just going out on top of the wildest halloween party <laughs> they have ever thrown mm-hmm. 140 other men took the lifeboats and made it to shore though they were in a horrible situation nonetheless winter was starting and no one had any way of knowing where they were since they were completely off course the island they had fled to was basically desolate and had little ways to sustain to sustain themselves and anger started to bubble under the surface and most people blamed the captain slash the administration so a few days later the ship turned in its place on the rocks and took on more water and most of the drunks in the ship's belly so just drowned. Like, according oh to your map God. they're in like Patagonia. Like there's yeah, fucking in that nothing. area and also insane weather and right. topography and like crazy shit. Mm-hmm. In crazy. the 1700s like if there's nothing there now yeah. there was even oh, more yeah. nothing then. Also, like, that no one is strong enough to even, like, swim to shore. And if you made yep. it to shore, there's mm-hmm. nothing there for you. Nothing. You don't, oh, they God. don't even have, like, I, I, yeah, they have jack shit. Like, maybe they have a means to catch fish, but the weather is so bad. And they're so all wet. That, mm-hmm. like, they're all drunk, think- wet, and sick. And they don't even, I don't think, fully understand scurvy at this time. Because no. if they understood it, they would make some sort of provisions for it, but they, mm-hmm. they don't even really get it. Like they no. understand that it's like a disease that sailors get, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's it. Yeah. They are so wildly underprepared for this situation. And like, none of this should be making me chuckle, but like the statute of limitations is up on the 1700s. And this is making me feel better about my current situation. <laughs> so I'm fucking uh-huh. going for it. Yeah. So the only survivors still on the wager were the boatswain John King and a few of his buddies, and they were angry and drunk. So everyone was frightened and angry and blaming the captain, and shit was starting to escalate even more. And John King and his drunk buddies were trapped on board the slowly sinking wager when John King got a crazy idea. He loaded up one of the four pounder cannons on the wager and fired it. He fired it on Captain Cheap's hut that was on shore a couple hundred miles yards away. His idea was that he would force the men on shore with lifeboats to come back for him and his friends, and he would keep shooting at them until they that came to pick him up. Seems like a really what? bad idea. <laughs> it was a literal masterpiece, but it did not yeah, work. I'm going to kill the drowned. only people who could <gasps> rescue us to scare them into rescuing yep. us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I love it. The rest of the men, led by the gunner Bulkley, had the rather brilliant plan of taking one of the long boats, cutting it in half, and lengthening it into a schooner with wood salvaged from the island, which they did, Whoa. and that did work. Like they were able to build this larger ship to take the few living back to sea. Oh, God. But Captain Cheap 
would not agree to the plan. So Captain Cheap was becoming a nervous wreck. He was terrified of a mutiny, terrified of being executed for failing to bring the guns uh, to attack the Spanish, terrified of dying of scurvy. And this man, once again, Captain is Cheap known for is his temper. Donald Trump. I'm sorry. He's literally Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He's sitting on mm-hmm. all of this information and all of this like supply. This and is just- our national stockpile. It's not yep. for people in the states. Mm. It's for the national people. Good Lord. I can't even listen to his fucking briefings. I just listen to my local government. I can't do it. I can't hear his voice. So Captain Cheap was so on edge that when he heard a fight outside of his tent, he lost it. He emerged, pistol in hand, and shot one of the fighting men, one of his own officers, a man named Cozens, directly in the face. Men tried, yeah, men tried to rush to his aid, but Captain Cheap forbade any medical attention to be given to the mutineer, which he totally was not. And poor Cozens took 10 days to finally die after being shot in the face. Shoot him again, for fuck's sake. I know, yeah, right? But the, right? but Captain Cheap won't let won't let anyone oh. even put him out of his misery. He's just like, nope. Oh. He just has to sit there and die. Cause hate Captain Cheap. I know he's a fucking asshole. And this, of course, was the last straw. The man drafted a strongly worded letter <laughs> for the captain nice. to sign, formally agreeing to their escape plan with the modified longboat, and a second letter to his lieutenant Baines, basically saying, "Quote: When this asshole doesn't sign the letter, let's arrest him." Uh, the second letter spe- ex- specifically read, quote, I cannot suppose the captain will refuse the signing of it, but he is so self-willed. And yeah, imagine this. This is literally Donald Trump. He is so self-willed. The best step we can take is to put him under arrest for the killing of Mr. Cozens. In this case, I will, with your approbation, assume command. Then our affairs will be conducted to the satisfaction of the whole company without being any longer liable to the obstruction they now meet from the captain's perversiveness and chickenery. Chickenery. Yep. So Uh, Donald mm -hmm. Trump. Ugh. I know. It's so frustrating. Armed men stormed the captain's hut on October 9th and took him prisoner. The mutineers were ready for a fight, but Cheap was so shocked that they were actually turning on him that he just said to his lieutenant who was taking command, quote, Well, Captain Baines, you will doubtless be called to account Fuck for this you, hereafter. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> so there's a lot more to this story. It's like a fucking epic tale. But after the tension broke and the mutiny went down, the mutineers used their boat that they had crafted themselves to get all the fucking way back to England. Most of them did die on the trip, uh, either on the island before they got onto the boat or just being in that fucking dinghy on the open water all the way back to England. Like a lot didn't make it. That is insane. The ringleaders... The ringleaders, including Gunnar Bulkley, did survive. And his journals and tales of the harrowing experience that they had were a national sensation. And none of the quote-unquote mutineers were ever tried. Because they did the fucking right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they should not have been tried for that. This was the captain being a fucking asshole. Yeah, the captain was insane. Mm Mm-hmm. If you can fucking believe it, though, most of the marooned men left behind, of course, did die as well. But um, indigenous peoples happened to find them and lead them to a Spanish settlement overland if they did, if oh. there were survivors. So 
on were prob- saved by indigenous people. Exactly. When Weird they were out basically trying to fucking lay claim to other people's land. Interesting. And Captain Cheap, after a horrific journey home, because oh, he survived, no. were yeah, we're all, but he and a few others died of starvation, arrived back in London two years after Gunnar Bulkley arrived back in London. So they oh were my God. They were on the ocean for the duration of this trip. And then he was on this island for like a couple of years before finally returning home. So I guess he did get his in the end. I mean, imagine. I imagine having that experience and then like getting on dry land and like, yes, your resources are incredibly limited on the land, but then Mm -hmm. like it would be such a mental hurdle to like get your ass back on a ship and brave all of that again to get home. I know. Especially after being like taken in by people who live in the area yeah, I wouldn't. And I don't think I would years. try to go back. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But like, also, you know, uncharted Patagonia in the 1700s compared to developing England, I could see the draw to go home. I don't know, but I wouldn't want to get the fuck back know. on a boat. I already don't want to get on a boat. I know. I, yeah, it's, I don't want to get on a boat. Fuck no. A, a boat on a lake is as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to see shore. You won't even be able to do that till at least Mm -hmm. August. Exactly. Yeah. Kenyon might be getting on a boat sooner sooner than later. (laughs) Yeah, if there are no flights and they still have banned alcohol sales in a few months, you bet your ass. That was your last fucking straw when they shut down alcohol sales. But also like don't poison yourself with methanol though either. Yeah. Do not. I do have a lot of cleaning products. (laughs) Do not. Oh, no. It's too too applicable. This is a bad idea. Yeah. I'm going to teach you some simple, like, toilet tank wine recipes that don't require those kinds of products. Toilet hooch. Yep. So long story short, the next time you're staring at your significant other, slowly growing more agitated by their constant presence and getting and more so crazy they every day, just remember, <laughs> yep, Ugh. or loud they chew, uh, or just how remember, often they agree to Zoom calls with peripheral no. people in your life. Yeah. Take it outside. That's me, though. I'm that person. Poor Bill. Try to remember to stay civil and even-tempered because you never know how close to a mutiny you might be. Oh, I know how close I am. (laughs) My animals are going to raise a mutiny. (laughs) And that's my case. This is the longest episode we've done in a minute. (laughs) In a while, yeah. Yeah. Well, we had a lot of feelings. We, we were did. in our feels. We had to get out of our feels at the top and then be we able to We have nothing else to do, happen. for fuck's sake. Yeah. <sighs> right? It's true. All right. Well, special thanks this week to toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and Jesse Bourne. Hmm. <laughs> Ye born wild and free. Yeah, Jesse so was born, born for quarantine. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Heather Faulkner, um, mm. sticking a, give a folk, folk in you and calling mm. you done, Heather. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, thank you to Jamie Lindsay. Not giving me a lot <laughs> to work with here, Jamie Lindsay. 
so I'm going to be a little lazy, lazy with this one <laughs> and move on. Yeah. Thank you to Allison Williams. Will I am. Isn't drunk. Allison Williams yeah. one of the actresses and gals? Mm. Ga- girls? Girls. I meant What's girls. Gals? <laughs> anyway. I Brian no Williams' uh, daughter. Yeah, okay. maybe. Thank you also, Alexa sure. Joy Uselman. Hey, Alexa, send our gratitude mm. to Alexa Joy Uselman, because I am useless <laughs> at it. Amazing. <laughs> Your $5 a month has been very Uselman. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Millie Leong. We're going to be stuck like this for a long <laughs> fucking time. So thank you for your support. <laughs> thank you, Angie. Did Lundblom. you cover your mouth when you coughed just now? Uh, oh. I coughed into my elbow. Sounds like you coughed thank into you your microphone. Like Good a, job. <laughs> it was my elbow. <laughs> thank you, Angie Lundbloom. The bloom is off the rose with this <laughs> one. Thank you, but Ryan thank you. or Ryan McVicker. Mm. Uh, you're making uh. me McSicker. <laughs> trying to think of a pun to say with there. your name. There <laughs> it is. I'm so <laughs> dead. Uh, thank you to Teresa M. Brown. I'm gonna drop a hot brown by <laughs> Going morning down time. To brown Teresa. town. <laughs> brown town. And I'll think of you along the way. Thank you to Lauren Moore. No, we do not have any more brown jokes. Oh, we always nope. have brown Use jokes. Use them all. Thank you, Isabel. <laughs> you pooping. You is a is a bell of a ball. You is the bell of a ball. <laughs> Thank you, Kara Hill. This is the hill I will die on. <laughs> uh, a hill of toilet what, paper what the rolls. Mm. What the hill? Thank you, Joanne Montenegro. Joanne Fabrics. Montenegro. Yeah. Oh. Montenegro sounds like a better place to be quarantined, but what do what I is, know? Where is Montenegro? Nailed it. Eastern Europe slash the Mediterranean. Is it a country? Uh, I believe There's no so. way Negro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a country in southeastern Europe on the coast of the Balkans. It borders Bosnia-Herzegovina. You are smarter Serbia. than you thought. Cool. I nailed it. I fucking Thank you it. to Tommy Poe. We might be related because my mother's maiden name is Poe. Probably. Tommy. Mm-hmm. I'll oh, see you at the show, next Poe family po. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Megan Hood. I wouldn't no. pierce that if I were you. <laughs> Have a I love great those day. infections are gnarly, <laughs> Megan Hood. <laughs> Don't look no, under never. the hood. No. All right. Thank you to Eve Delshon Grimsley for increasing their pledge. Mm. Eve Papier Mache. <laughs> yeah, Eve Papier Mache Grimsley. Mm. Thank you for things aren't looking grim for you for the donation. Kicking off our $10 nope. a month tier, Emily Belfast. You'll be getting a free fucking patriarchy Ooh. wine glass in the mail. 
Yeah, don't, don't make, make a fuss. Don't make a fuss about it. Don't ring the alarm bell. Cloudfuss. Ich habe eine Cloudfuss. Ich habe Emily Bellfuss. Thank you to Sheena McNeil. I am McNeeling at your feet to mm. kiss upon thine toes with consent and gratitude. Thank you to Molly Dyson. I need to invest in a new Dyson because mm. my you pores never are gross. Suction, Molly, Molly Dyson, Dyson, you don't <laughs> suck. But also Dyson mm. vacuums is an excellent, excellent are amazing. investment. As is Lindsay mm-hmm. Lopez. I'm going to Lopez on over to you. Like like a hibernating bear. Give you a little smooch with consent. (laughs) Perfect. Kicking off our $15 a month trash king or queen or neither, neither or both tier and receiving literal trash from Lucy's house Mm -hmm. is Lacey Thornhill. You're not a thorn in our side, Lacey. Thank Mm -hmm. you for your support. Thank you to Waverly Rushing. The best name. Mm. Well, I am... Yeah, I am not wavering in my love for you, and all mm-hmm. the blood is rushing to my cheeks. Thank oh, you, Waver. To my genitals. Okay. Yeah, rushing Thank somewhere. Thank you to Laura Goff. I'm not scoffing at your pledge of $15 a month. We appreciate you. Blessed be the Goff. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Roberta Porter. I'm going to crack a nice multi-porter in your name, Roberta. Mm, mm. We're (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to River Rose. I hope that's your real name. Maybe your parents were just big hippies. I don't know. But I am flowing with this river. Honestly, mm-hmm. between River Rose, river Rose and Waverly Rushing, we have the majority mm-hmm. of a literatica romance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. River yeah. Rose and Waverly Rushing. He's like the buttoned up, like, local curate. And she's like the wild, like, orphan that just, like, yes, was brought to town. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you to Paloma I. Estrella. Eastrea. Paloma, mm. you're making me want a fucking Paloma because there are very few occasions Seriously. when I don't want a Paloma, but you are equal parts refreshing right? and invigorating. So thank you. And you're going to stave yes. off the scurvy. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's citrus, baby. All right. Kicking off a $25 a month is Josh Colbertson, who wants to shout out Allison Summer Ramirez for her belated birthday. Better luck next time ordering a Little Caesars pizza with such a bizarre name lacking in L's. And I will clarify this. Josh wanted to shout out Allison because apparently Allison's had a lot of recent troubles with Little Caesars pizza because they misspell their name because Allison only has one L. And it is evidently causing <laughs> oh, major no. problems. So good luck to Allison. Get your shit together, Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah. How are you still in business, Little Caesars? Lytle Caesars. Lytle Caesars. Lytle Caesars. Lytle 
<laughs> and last last but not least, we have Hillary 1L, Whelan 1L, Woo! Remley 1L, who increased their donation from $5 to $25 a month. Thank you, yes. Hillary. Hillary Rodham. Hillary Rodham Remley. Thank, Thank you, you so to much everyone for your listening donation. who stuck through through this really long episode. We love you. You're what doing do great. Have to do? We'll be here for you. Doing God's work. See you next week. Mwah. Mm, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. (laughs) 